Good morning. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I am your host as always, David Calvert. And uh, thank you guys so, so much for taking time out of your day to listen to what this guy has to say. It means so much, guys. Really, it does. I don't say this every week. It might sound like I don't. But I appreciate all of my listeners. I really do. All of you guys are just great. And I hope I've got something interesting for you today. Uh, It kind of piqued my curiosity uh, because it took me off guard. I didn't expect to be thinking about it. Matter of fact, I've never even heard anybody talk about it. Um, Which is kind of cool in a way. I don't know. Maybe I'll even have to uh, send out some tweets or something to find out some more about it but uh or maybe just ask the question um and see if it gets the conversation started uh but what what it was is um and i'll give you a brief overview if you haven't listened to the show before when i was younger uh, i used to suffer from sleepwalking i started uh, having issues with insomnia um because my mind is just always going it, it doesn't shut off uh some people seek medical help go get uh, medication to do that, uh, to to basically knock them out, uh, or go get over-the-counter things like uh, NyQuil or whatever. There's there's sleep aids that you can purchase over-the-counter now, too. Um, Well, when I was a kid growing up, that wasn't really, you know, you couldn't just go over-the-counter and get stuff like that anyway, and I didn't know what to do, so I just started telling myself basically bedtime stories. It seemed like a good idea, and so in a lot of ways, I've been writing books ever since I was a little kid. Um, So anyway, uh, you know, I still do that today. I still come up with these fantastical adventures and uh, stories, Um, and one of them uh, that I was going through recently was I was expanding on a story, and... uh, yeah, I was on a planet and found this um, alien woman who had been captured and was in like this deep uh, coma almost because she was apparently a very dangerous warrior. So the uh, people that captured her uh, just had kept her, you know, pretty much unconscious so that you know she wouldn't attack them and. Because, uh, you know, a cup with only a few of them, you know, she could take them out easily. But they had overpowered her with numbers, basically. Um, so, found her, decided to return her to her home world. And figured that these, um, this race might be interested to find out where uh, my home world was. So, on the way back, I had a ship that... Uh, a miniature, like, ship that I'd been developing that was basically, uh, would fit into an escape pod port, and it ran off of an experimental drive that was a a particle accelerator drive, um, which they've had those types of drives before in science fiction, and NASA is actually, uh, there's guys at NASA actually, they've been testing and developed one, um, where it actually shoots the particles out of the, you know, pulls them in, shoots them out, you know, accelerates them, shoots them out of the back of the engine, causing thrust. Uh, So there is actually a science fact to that as well. 
Um, it's still in the testing phase. They're working on building some to take up into space to uh, to see how well they work in space. They've tried them in zero gravity chambers and they've worked, um, you know, and, and uh, things like that. So anyway, um, so I thought about having this test ship I was developing to try and come up with near fast as light travel because, um, you know, if you're going to travel a far distance in space, you either need enough fuel to keep you in hyperspace long enough to get there or light speed, subspace, whatever the case may be, or you've got to travel uh, at a, at a, you know, at a pace that will throw, uh, you know, the relativity in the mix and, you know, where you'll, um, have to, uh, slow down your aging process so you can get there alive, so to speak. And, uh, you know, so I thought, I was thinking about that, so I had the ship that was a particle accelerator engine, there was a test ship that was small enough to fit into a, uh, escape pod bay, and I was going to use a droid to, uh, to run the test flight. So I'm leaving this enemy territory. I realized that they put a tracking device on my ship and decided to, uh, go out on the ship, you know, at one of my hyperspace stop points, uh, before I, you know, light speed stop points, subspace, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm just, you know, Star Wars has been the norm for so long, I'm used to hyperspace, uh, anyway, so I go out on the ship, take up the tracking beacon, put it in my, uh, test ship and send it on its way because I don't want this race of aliens to know where I um, am at, where my ship is at, where my home base is at, things like that, uh, where my friends, uh, my, you know, other people I know, you know, they're, they're a pretty powerful warrior race, so I don't want them to find me um, exactly, you know, uh, even though they kind of owe me because I saved their one of their people and brought them back. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not looking forward to inviting them over for dinner, basically. Um, so I put the tracking beacon in <clears throat> the test ship and send it off on its way, uh, kind of in between galaxies. So it's kind of at the point where it's like, okay, um, you know, it's at the edge of the galaxy, I'm just going to shoot it off in a trajectory where there's pretty much shouldn't be anything um, in the ship's way for a long time, because I'm just going to let it go. I can always build another ship, and I don't want them to lose contact with the tracking beacon. I want them, it to be very obvious where it's going, you know, and until it breaks, you know, gets so far out that there's no way radio contact can be reestablished because the ship's just too far away, um, unless they're following it. So, with that being said, um, you know, I started thinking about it, and one of the characters on the ship asked the question, how long can the ship fly based on the fuel source uh, you've provided? 
and of course, you know, my thoughts were, is that there would be kind of a Mr. Fusion-esque fuel supply where it would fuse and cause uh, the, whatever it was, whatever the fuel supply was, in the fuel tank to break down at, into a particulate level and be basically dropped in front of the engine like feeding it particles to use, you know, to get as fuel, um, which is also theoretically possible. So I used uh, waste, um, you know, and refuse, much like uh, Doc Brown did in Back to the Future 2, and there you go. Uh, we had enough fuel, uh, and it was good. It could travel for um, probably a thousand years with the fuel supply. Um, so, good. Also, the ship could also just grab particles out of space, out of your dust, whatever, you know, that there is naturally existing within the universe and run off of that too indefinitely. <clears throat> but uh, since the ship was still in a testing process, I wanted it to have its own source of particles so that I could control and, and monitor certain things better. So, you know, a thousand years or so based on how much stuff I'd put in the fuel compartments. Um, more if you switch to the free running mode where it just pulled particles, you know, that were already there. Um, and I had recently finished uh, Chrono Trigger, and I was like, you know, what if, what if the ship kept running? Of course, the droid could live for, you know, thousands of years, uh, maybe tens of thousands of years. I mean, if you look at Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, uh, the builders have built droids that lasted for over 20,000 years. So when relativity comes into play and you figure in, you know, E equals MC squared and all of uh, Einstein's calculations, <clears throat> that could be... You know, theoretically, could the ship then eventually reach the end of time? You know, the point at which the entire universe has ceased to exist, which will eventually happen now. Um, you know, if you look at science, you know, and they say that the sun's gonna burn out in like two trillion years or something like that. Uh, all the stars will eventually burn out. Uh, there was actually a Doctor Who episode uh, where they actually ended up going to the end of time. Uh, it was with David. When David Tennant was uh, Doctor Who, him and Rose went and ended up at the end of time. There was one star left, and all the people on Earth were trying to build ships to get there because it was the only place left in the galaxy where life could survive. Um, even though, you know, that star was probably going to burn out, too. So, when I started thinking about that, you know, and there's a lot of science fiction, there's a lot of fantasy, there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of people that have talked about the end of the universe, where everything just 
burns out and fizzles out and you know the galaxy runs out of steam right so there is a lot of people who have talked about that but <clears throat> what the question came to mind after that is if the world would or the the universe would um reunite itself because theoretically i mean you know if you go by the big bang there was this massive <clears throat> ball of matter that exploded shot stuff everywhere certain things sparked and caught fire they became stars certain things didn't spark they became you know they had different types of metals and, and particles and different types of uh, ores and things like that and they turned into different things they crashed into each other they formed these spherical <clears throat> balls that eventually started circling these these uh, stars you know and all of this stuff created from that you know that's the the scientific theory right so the building blocks of the universe would still be here when you know every when every light's gone out in the sky when everything's gone when nothing else exists when the universe is completely inert all of those building blocks that created the stars, the the earth, the planets that people live on, um, you know, will still be there. Now, they're going to lose their orbits because they're not going to have a gravitational point of a star to hold them there, so they're going to crash off, break up, form new planets, um, eventually the universe is going to start to contract as it gets colder everything's going to start to come back together um because that's the way life works you know when you're cold you you know fold your arms together and rub you know rub them to get warmth to build up you know to to excite the you know <laughs> you know that reaction you know and shivering is to warm your body up and <clears throat> you know so the particles get closer together uh you know when water turns to ice things like that so if the universe contracted and all these things start coming back together to a somewhat central point as this everything gets shattered breaks into smaller uh you know planets get broken into um, you know, meteors and asteroids and, you know, fall into larger planets and get destroyed and shattered, um, you know, and all of this chaos that would happen for, you know, millions of years, billions of years, eventually, would everything come back together to a point that would ignite another spark that would cause another big bang that would eventually push things out and start the process of life again. And in theory, I mean, if you think about it, we might not even be the first iteration of that process. And, you know, I'm not 
an advocate for the Big Bang or anything like that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to change the way you believe or what you believe in or how you believe uh, that life exists. But from a purely, you know, curious idea that just sparked into my head, going from, okay, well, you know, could this droid end up at the end of time and be sitting there in a spaceship being like, hey, where do I go from here? Uh, there's, there's no one here to, you know, you know, a trillion years later, uh, people end up out in space and find this ship, uh, you know, because obviously, you know, assuming nothing hit that particular ship, uh, in the process of the universe re-expanding and re-forming life to, uh, you know, to finding it and wondering where it came from and how it got there and, and you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's, you know, how this happened because, well, I mean, they're the first space explorers that they're aware of and yet... Here's a highly advanced ship running on an experimental drive with a robot in it that, you know, they've never seen before and come to find out it was sent off by another form of life, you know, in the previous age of the universe to actually, um, <laughs> see if there was an end of time and then come to find out, well, yes, there is, and then, well, well you know, it just got kind of left there, and somehow serendipitously managed to survive uh, the, all this time without being hit by something, <clears throat> when the universe went through the rather violent process of recreating itself. So, I mean, in a way, if you think about it, <clears throat> the way I'm seeing this is very similar to the Matrix uh, revolutions, you know, or you know, Reloaded, where the architects explain to Neo that he's the sixth um, iteration of the systemic uh, glitch that uh, in the system that needed to be eradicated, and um, then Zion would be rebuilt, and they would start the process over of looking for the next uh, glitch. Number seven. So, um, of course, Neo broke that cycle and formed a peace treaty. So that didn't happen. But um, you know that was the idea. So it kind of makes you wonder: what if that uh, was possible and happened in um, you know, in the universe, what if we weren't the first, uh, you know, iteration of life in this galaxy, you know, what if the, pl the planets have already died out several times, the stars have died out several times, and reformed, and it's just this constant, uh, <clears throat> like, slingshot, or, uh, you know, expanding the the expanding, you know, uh, process that happens over the course of, 
you know, trillions and, and uh, quadrillions of years that has been going on, you know, what if, right? And it's kind of odd. <clears throat> and, you know, I honestly think that the combination of things that I've read over the years, the combinations of things that I've experienced over the years, um, you know, has kind of led me to a point where I thought about that, you know, it's like nobody would ever be able to know if that was true or not, or if it was possible. Yeah, they could probably say it's possible, but <clears throat> nobody will actually be around long enough <clears throat> or, you know, to be able to say, oh, okay, well, you know, I traveled to the end of time, I traveled past the end of time, um, I saw the universe reborn, and then I saw life return to the universe, um, and, and all of that, so it's kind of interesting, you know, and it's all science fiction, because nobody will ever be able to prove it, but, like I said, in the process of somehow or another, ending up with a droid that just magically Please press the button for entrance. Ended up in the uh, end of time. Somehow I made a connection to the point of, well, what happens after the end of time? Because the end of time can't be infinite. Because with the exception of black holes that have pulled stars and planets into them and sent them to who knows where, because we really don't understand how black holes work outside of a theory um, you know theoretically they can be breaking everything down to such a minute particle level that we can't even see that it is simply a wormhole and it's depositing those particles in another part of the galaxy that we just aren't aware of you know it could be taking them from one corner of the galaxy and dropping them off in the other corner of the galaxy, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, we don't know. So, aside from that, assuming that black holes take the planets and stars that they've eaten and shoot them off into another galaxy or, a, you know, another layer of reality or a multiverse or, you know, uh, grandma's closet, I don't know, uh, regardless of somewhere, wherever they might end up, um, you know, without having that information, but assuming that the particles go somewhere else and they're not in this universe, all of the rest of the building blocks of the universe and life and planets and stars and all of this still exists within our galaxy. So, would that, would it be unreasonable to believe that if given enough time, if somebody could view the universe on that level, that scale, from birth to death, and then after death, watch it. Would it be unreasonable to think that the universe could actually recreate itself on its own, totally independent because of the way particles and 
planets and gravity and everything works that uh, given enough time that everything would just come back together and uh, you know reform again and I mean I've seen YouTube videos where scientists have explained gravity um, you know I've studied a lot of Dr. Tyson's works um, I've been very interested in astrophysics uh, over the last year as you guys know because I've mentioned it um, and you know like I said all of these things I've studied recently have brought me to a place where my mind was ready to accept that question of what if what if when the universe dies that it everything starts to come back together and then when it does clashing you know on such massive gigantic proportions sparking uh, like a flint and a knife and then causing this fire that burns and explodes from all of these conflicting gases and metals and you know liquids and everything else that's that's floating around blasting everything back from the central point out into the um, you know places in the galaxy where there is now nothing to brood and form and burn and crash and to break and to rebuild and to become a universe similar to what we have here and you know if you're curious about like the building blocks of 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 all of this and how it's all theorized to come together probably one of the books that I'd highly recommend and I've mentioned it before it's one of my favorite non-fiction books um, uh, and I've never really been a person to read sciencey type books, though I did get the audiobook, and it is actually narrated by Dr. Tyson, which is awesome. Uh, and I highly recommend it if you if you don't feel like you have enough time to read it, um, get the audiobook and listen to it because you get to hear it narrated by the author. And and, and Dr. Tyson's a pretty cool guy, so um, it's called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Um, and it's it's a really cool book I enjoyed it thoroughly it was very entertaining there was a lot of good information in it and they talked about you know how he and other scientists theorized that the galaxy was created based on you know all of these explosions and um, you know how atoms and protons and neutrons and all this stuff come together and created all these elements and then throughout that process how the plants were formed right how life uh, came to be things like that so he goes through all of that the scientific side of it and so it makes you wonder well i mean all that stuff still exists after all the stars burn out after all the planets uh you know die after they lose their orbits and crash into each other after this mass entropy happens and everything starts breaking down 
could that process restart given enough time if you were sitting there watching it from this eternal point of view would that eventually happen would it happen again would life then therefore be reborn again you know and it's you know I would like I said I was telling myself this story which I've been telling myself for years and I have a few different stories that I rotate through but I was on this one and it tot when I got to this point where I started thinking about the end of time and then the beginning of time again um you know, it, it fascinated me because I started thinking like, well, you know, art kind of imitates life, right? You know, when we go, like, for instance, go to the store and buy the board game Monopoly. And we have friends over and we play it. We don't throw it away after that first play and never play it again. We invite different friends over or we invite the same friends over and play again, you know. Uh, we like repeating processes. We get excited about skydiving after we've done it. And we're like, wow, that's cool. I want to do it again. We ride a really awesome roller coaster. We want to ride it again. So I think in a lot of ways, life imitates itself and, and points to what is true so that when you see something, you realize that we're all made up of the same, you know, materials. You know, we are the same as the planet. If you break us down to the very core molecular level, at the end of the day, everything in the universe, humans, dogs, cats, planets, stars, whatever, you break it all down and you go far enough down, scientifically speaking, to the microscopic levels, everything is built from the same particles it's just different configurations one configuration makes me a person makes this wall over here uh this rock you know concrete uh you know and the differences between us are just the configuration of those items you know those ingredients of the universe that have come together one makes me a person one makes that a concrete wall so you know, one makes this the tablet that I'm recording in, you know. So, theoretically, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, which is what fascinated me about the whole process to the point where I was like, this is interesting. I don't know. And I started thinking about it. I was like, I need to record this down because, you know, it's maybe someone else will find it interesting too. I don't know, you know. So, it's a... Uh, and I plan to actually tweet to Dr. Tyson, too, and ask him about it and see if maybe he'll respond to my question. Um, I don't know how I'm going to tweet. I might have to email him. I don't know, because honestly, that'd be a long tweet to ask him. Anyway, I'll figure it out, and I'll let you guys know uh, if he responds back. Um, of course, I'm still streaming almost every day on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash styles by three, or you can search incompetently playing games on Twitch um, and follow me. I'm currently playing Legend of Dragoon. I'm nearly halfway through it. I'm very close to the halfway point. And uh, then I'm going to be uh, playing, I think, Fancy Star 4 next. That's what the current vote is on my 
Twitch channel. I've got a poll on the next RPG. Uh, my good buddy Tariq turned me on to a game called Battle Chasers, uh, which is a turn-based RPG made by the same guys that made the Darksider games. So I'm super excited about that. I'm going to be picking that up and playing it and streaming it as well. And yeah, so a lot of good stuff to come. Um, you know, thank you guys as always for listening. You're the reason why I make this show. So thank you. Tell your friends, especially if you find this interesting or you think one of your friends would find this particular episode interesting, share it with them because I'm curious to find out more of what you guys think. I mean, I've never, I can honestly say I've never heard anybody talk about that life could continually recreating itself on a universal scale. You know, most people, we get to the end of the universe and that's it. Nobody looks past that that I've seen. So... Um, you know, kind of, kind of fascinates me because it's something I've never, it's new, you know, and that's why I wanted to do an episode about it. So thank you guys as always. Have a great day. And as always, Car Thoughts out. Attention, all veterans, active duty, military, and first responders. Have you or your spouse been looking for a secondary income stream or just some additional funds for whatever you need? Hi. I'm Jason Jean, the founder of Tattered Beans, a coffee company that donates directly to you, the veterans, active duty military, and first responders. When someone buys coffee under your profile, you make money directly. Simple as that. Submit your profile at submit.tatteredbeans.com or go buy coffee to support the mission and someone you know at tatteredbeans.com. Thank you.